You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the unincorporated Caleb Coy. <laughs> good morning. Wait, good evening. Hi. When Hello. is this? this uh, I have no idea. What is time? What is anything? It doesn't. It's fake. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Nothing matters. As we always say. <laughs> uh, well, we're very excited. We're going to get right into it uh, this week. Yeah. We have Tim and Britt from Catbite joining us to talk about their new record, Nice One. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much yeah. for having us. We're here. <laughs> We are so excited to have you here. Uh, we just heard the first single off of your new record, which was called Call Your Bluff. Yeah. Um, you want, you, you, start you started off. Okay, so yeah. Call Your Bluff um, is, well, a lot of the songs Tim and I write together. I wrote um, a lot of the lyrics and melody for this song. Um, kind of like, I kind of was thinking back to like, Honestly, that was like the first one of the first like music classes that I had, um, and this was in when I was living back in Florida. But one of my teachers, who at that moment in time, I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna hate this teacher," but I actually really liked him a lot. Um, but he, we all walked in, we sat down, and like one of the first things he says was like, "I'm telling you all now, like you're never gonna be, none of you are ever gonna be Britney Spears." None, <laughs> and, well, thank yeah, God for that. <laughs> I know, but, um, so that, I was like, um, excuse me, like, obviously, it's, it's, I think it's very difficult for people to, you know, skyrocket to that kind of, like, Mm -hmm. level, but that, to me, was like, and then, you know, he, I've heard that so many times, like, throughout school, and just, like, in general, when I tell people, or when I used to tell people, like, as a kid, like, I want to be, like, a performer, I want to be a singer, mm-hmm. um, it was always kind of just like, well, you know, maybe you should think about doing something else, and um, it's, I've never ever, like, wanted to do anything else, it's all I've ever wanted to do, um, so this was kind of, like, my F you to the man who, you know, yeah. tr- tries to, like, tell me that I can't do it, you know? I... I, I gotta say, like the the number of people that are quicker to feel that they need to prepare you for disappointment rather than just like expending the same amount of effort to support you, yeah, is yeah. yeah. staggering. Yeah, um, and fortunately, I was really lucky. Like both my parents were um, like very supportive of like me wanting to do music school, um, and and you know like ha- my dream of like being a singer and a performer. Um, they always like you know just were like go for it mm-hmm. but you know awesome. it's it's so, so many other people in my life were, were like well uh so that that was that was like my i guess idea behind that song yeah and it's just super catchy it is yeah, yeah <laughs> it's it like is. let's make this this fuck you to the man uh, yeah. the most catchy pop song we can do <laughs> that's probably why you released as the first single i guess yeah, I mean, we, we weren't, like, actually, we were really, like, we were behind, like, we were back and forth between a bunch of songs for our first single. Yeah. And... We were thinking, like, Call Your Bluff was definitely in the running. Um, Not Your Baby, we were thinking to do as well. Um, yeah. To, to have that as a single, but yeah. we, we ended up doing Call Your Bluff, and I think, I think it was a good, I think it was the, the right spot for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. That, did you, like go to a studio and like record this all as like an album session or is this kind of songs that you like recorded over time like how did this record come together um so it's pretty wacky story behind the whole record um we 
2020 was supposed to be like the year of us like finally like touring and like do like getting busy mm-hmm. as a band. We'd been a band for about two two years at like at this at the beginning of 2020 and like we had our debut album it was starting to pick up some some speed and like we got real comfortable and we're really tight and it's like all right 2020 we're just gonna tour 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 and uh then obviously uh pandemic hit and like we we had we were gonna be doing a west coast and japan tour and which was like yeah, we were like, yeah, so hard. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but we already had the plane tickets to go to LA, um, and so there's this producer that we've, at least I've always really wanted to work with, and like I've kind of introduced him to the rest of the band, and everyone else was like, yeah, this guy's great, um, and he's in LA, and we're like, well, we have flights to LA, let's just write a record while we're in quarantine and go record it. Like Hell spend yeah. t- sp- spend ten. Uh, we were gonna originally spend two weeks in in Long Beach, basically just like you know fly there, have an Airbnb, and then the studio, and that's like literally just live at the two spots. Um, yeah. But um, so we started writing the record and quickly found out that we like bit off way too much <laughs> that we could chew. Um, and then conveniently, uh, our bass player Ben uh, got attacked by by a dog. And, uh, he, wor- he works at a donkey he, daycare. Yeah, he, so very. Un- uh, I mean, yeah. Very unfortunately, but very conveniently, yeah. uh, broke his arm and <laughs> had to get like surgery right. and a plate Damn. put in. Um, but that like gave us an extra. Basically, we we postponed the whole thing about two more months, which gave us a lot more time to finish writing the record. Um, and we just we like, definitely were not prepared. <laughs> yeah, we gave ourselves point. about three months to write the entire thing. Not even. It was yeah. like July, July and August. We were supposed to go there in September. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah. um, we ended up postponing it to November. Um, and yeah, we spent ten days. So we couldn't even be there the full two weeks because of um, uh, schedule, like his, uh, the producer's schedule and stuff. Um, we ended up being there for about ten days, and we pretty much recorded the entire thing. Um, there was a couple things that we had to come back to Philly to finish up, just like backup vocals and. Like keyboard, that was about it. But before, when we came back to Philly, mm. there was like a stay-at-home order that had mm. happened while we were. It was, we like, were, the, it was like the we second were, wave. Yeah, of while COVID. we were over in Long Beach, so then we couldn't even record the rest of the stuff to finish the album until January. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And we were just like this whole. It was a lot, a lot of time just like sitting, waiting around, and then, you know, we couldn't. Obviously, we couldn't play shows, so, like, no no one had heard these songs except for us, so we're just, like, constantly listening and being, like, Should, maybe we need to, like, change this in the song, or, like, are people going to like it? Like, yeah. we were just, I mean, I, I was, like, really nervous to release yeah, the record. Yeah, because, like, I mean, this is the first time ever, like, where I, I've recorded music where the songs have never been played live before. Mm. Yep. Hold, hold on one second. Our dog is like crying. His Aww. our dog's ball went under the chair. Oh no! And he's like losing his mind right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, this this entire record we had not played any of the songs live before because we wrote them literally all during uh, lockdown. And so yeah, it was just so weird because usually you can play songs live and kind of just gauge like the crowd's reaction. Like yeah. it's like oh this song hits. This song people were really weirded out by. It. Maybe we shouldn't do it, or yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's like you know. So it was, it was such a weird experience to do that. Um, and yeah, I feel like all four of us were just like extremely in our heads 
about it, but also it kind of just let us do what came to our heads first. And yeah. it's like, this is how we want the songs to be. Let's do it. And so it's it's even more like our songs, I guess. Um, we <laughs> never had anyone to really give us feedback except for our producer, Davey Warsop, which, by the way, he's... Amazing. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> but yeah, that's the story of making the record. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds like it, it worked out, though, because uh, the record seems like it's been really well received. I mean, you sold out your first pressing pretty fast. Uh, yeah. You played a sold-out release show at Philomoca in Philadelphia uh, recently, and that looked awesome. I, I watched the live stream. It, was, it looked like so much fun. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it seems like people are really, really enjoying the record. I know I'm, I'm loving it, so... Uh, I think, Thank yeah, you. I think you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we want to just go in all killer, no filler, <laughs> as the great Sum Forty One would say. Uh, and yeah, like, you did it. <laughs> that was that was where we went. We, we wrote ten songs and we went in with ten songs and recorded ten songs. So it's like, and that's at least personally, like uh, I've been playing in bands and recording for a long time. Like that's kind of always been my approach. Is Right, uh, like I had literally the track listing for the album before we went to California. Actually, we were doing like a kind of an ask me everything on um, on Instagram today, which is like you know ask us questions about the record, and someone yeah. like asked about the track list, and I was just like going through old pics. I'm like, oh shit, I literally wrote this track listing back in October, that's and great. like we flew to LA, and it's there's only one thing that's different on it, but like that's kind of like the type of planning we like to do with recording. Just like it's like a good, it's good motivation. Yeah, I think. yeah. I'm really curious to like check back in a year from now, and you know, assuming like shows continue uh, to be a thing, and you've had a chance to to play these songs live, having like recorded them without ever having that, like the the you said the audience feedback, but also just the experience of like how does this feel to play live, and how like a song will like a lot of times evolve over time just from like what if we try this ending differently? You start doing things like see how you feel a year from now, like playing these same songs like out live for that time. Like how do the songs feel like, do they like, you know, do you, do you still see the, the original vision or are you like, are you changing things up? I'd be really curious to hear about that. Yeah. I'm sure they'll change. We've already changed some of the songs like call your bluff. Yeah. yeah. Call your bluff. We do like some cool hits in the second verse. Actually, nice. we like we got back from LA and I was listening to the very rough mixes. And I'm like, God damn it, there should be hits there. And like, <laughs> but that like so. But it's nice because like it allows us to do something yeah. different. You know, people are are expecting the the album version, and then we hit them with something else that they're like, woo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always love a, a little like Easter egg in in live versions of songs. That, that, yeah. that it's yeah. like it's like a, you you got to go to the show to hear it, right? It's, right. It's a yeah. special little thing. Yeah, and especially because, like, we have horns on the record, but uh, we don't have horns in the band. And, like, yeah. that's stuff like that. It's, like, the recorded version is our, like, imaginary, like, vision of the song. And then, like, our live show is, like, our our in live interpretation of the song. Yeah. And it, like, yeah. gives us so much, like, room, wiggle room. And, like, you know, we can have friends that play horns come up and play, do stuff. Or, like... Yeah. There can be a guitar solo where that trumpet solo was, or a keyboard solo, or like fucking vocal yeah. solo or something. Yeah. Like, it's like you never know what you're going to get. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Well, do you want to kick off uh, another song? Let's do, let's do another single. Okay. Let's do Bad Influence. Okay. All right. We're going to hear Bad Influence, and then we're going to talk about it. Bad Influence. 
like when I write I um I think I write like a lot of either like love songs or like anti-love songs that's just kind of like where wh what I do when I write um now would an anti-love song be a hate song is that, is that <laughs> more, I feel like like a broken like heart a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A broken okay. heart like, yeah, like, yeah. like lost love I guess yeah. maybe it would be better yeah um but I love hate songs <laughs> <laughs> We're not Limp Biscuit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't break stuff. Um, but uh, this song, um, I guess um, I describe it as like kind of what happens like in a relationship between two people that's like real super um, chaotic, kind of maybe a little toxic, um, like to like like toxic for each other but but not to the point where it's like t turning you into terrible people just like you guys are uh i don't know just kind of like this chaos fueled whirlwind whirlwind romance that like it feels like it wouldn't it wouldn't work out like on paper but it's like you guys are like connected in some strange way um that's that's yeah i think that's yeah. that's my description <laughs> I can never tell if it's about us or if it's fictional. It's like probably like a hi hybrid of our relationship, like at the beginning, probably. Like kind of. Like we're so like we're so different, but like not at the same time. We're like very uh, similar in so many ways, and then also very different in so many ways. So, so maybe, it's like yeah. inspired, and then like a lot a lot of the songs we write are like based on true like stories or just like picked from like experiences like especially a lot of like the love and anti-love songs they're just kind of like past things and then just kind of um fictionalized to be a little like yeah that's kind of like always been our um style of writing is just kind of um yeah taking like experiences like that and like also just kind of t using them using them as like harsh metaphors for like mental health and like or like substance abuse or like any like sexual identity or stuff like that um and that's kind of always been our style of writing it's just kind of pulling from all of these things and then making it like kind of a little fictional piece that's not really fictional at all mm -hmm. i feel like that's pretty consistent mm -hmm. yeah but. i dig that I'm, I'm looking through the the door behind you into what i presume is your kitchen 
and <laughs> and I, I'm noticing that uh, it's a black and white checkered floor. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is very ska of you. And sure I'm, is. I'm wondering, is, is that uh, was that like an intentional thing or just like a happy accident? What happened there? Oh yeah, we we put those down. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's like the um, like the laminate or it's um, just like contact yeah. paper. It's that vinyl. You put over it's like, like yeah. the vinyl thing that you get uh, like yeah. online. It took so long because like the t- the size that they gave us was like three quarters of an inch bigger than like the tiles on the oh, floor. No. So like yeah. we had to cut everything like oh, so just long. a little bit. Like. Yeah, it was, oh, God, like, that probably took us, I, the one day I just, like, worked on it all day, and then I got, like, half of it done, and then you came home the next day, and we spent, like, six hours just, yeah. <laughs> it's a but, small kitchen, but too, but it looks so it, cool. Yeah, it's, it looks really nice, it's staying on really well, and yeah. it looks a lot better than what it was, it was, like, some beige tile. Like, like beige, some, and they were cracked Yeah, some stuff. of the tiles were cracked, and this is, like, keeping the tile together, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I well, it appreciate- looks very cool, but it's it's got to be frustrating when peel and stick takes longer than just like ah, just redoing the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. If this like if we were if we own this yeah, house, yeah, we don't own the house. So. Yeah, it's just a rental. But if we did, like, I would be just nonstop doing so much cool. We would knock down this wall probably. Yeah. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I would knock down so many walls. Knock down so many walls. It's yeah. Just open floor plan. Every wall goes. Just fuck walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I really appreciate the commitment to Scott in the uh, yeah. in the yes. kitchen floor choice. <laughs> we also have a little spice rack that has checkerboards on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a Scott household. Our cat Derek, that's right here in the window. He's two tone, black and white. <laughs> How deep does this go? I mean, I'm drinking a Scott beer right now. Yeah, yeah. Scott oh boom. <laughs> this is great. I, it, it runs deep here. <laughs> so, I, I guess I, I should ask. Like, I I was super into Scott when I was younger, and this is not a like. Oh, kid sort of thing it just like that just was a thing i i, I had a, a scott face and it's not so much that i stopped liking it or like thought i was too cool for it i just like just didn't listen to scott anymore and often forget that scott is still a very active musical movement uh and then like kitsy comes by one day and is like you have to listen to this record you're gonna love it and like i don't know he's they were like it's scott i'm like yeah, okay. <laughs> so I guess the, the question in all of this is how and why ska? Um, I guess. How, how are kids still getting into ska is what I want to know because I, I, I'm proud I, of them for doing it. I, I think I mean, it's bands like Catbite, Caleb, that are playing ska. And yeah. Well, I mean, and definitely Jer um, from Scott yes. Network and like. And um, honestly, I think social media platforms have been like a huge, uh, like yeah, like for the reinsurgent. Yeah, for, that, for, yeah, yeah, for, for yeah, like, like this, like comeback. A lot of, Scott, of um, like TikTok, I think, and like specifically Jer and their platform with Scott Two Network, mm-hmm. like blasting. I, I TikTok is like. I have no idea. It's I, a lot. I've tried and tried. <laughs> we're to too old. Out. We've tried. We're too old for it. I know. I they don't even don't... let us sign up. We put on our birthday, and they're like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just like I tried to make a video, and then like it just I don't know. It's yeah. really and like I remember Jared texting me one time because they were like, "You got to get on TikTok," and this was like before TikTok really blew up, and I was like, "Okay," and then they sent me all these paragraphs about what I got to do, and I was like. Oh my god, this is <laughs> like a lot really, of work. really yeah. intense. Um, but I think that like it ha- that has specifically been like a really big reason why Scott is um, 
gaining so much attention right now. Um, yeah, also just, like, the community behind um, a lot of the newer bands. Um, so, like, I, I've been playing in, like, ska bands. At my first my first band that I joined in high school, we were, like, a ska band. I joined The band started when I was in eighth grade, and I joined it when I was a uh, senior in high school. I, like, learned how to play guitar to be the rhythm guitar player in this band nice. when I was, like, 18. And um, I was just... We were, like, kind of, like, a ska-punky thing at first, and, like... But, like, I got into, like, Agrolytes and Op Ivy, and then we just, like, kind of went into the whole rabbit hole of, like, Trojan Records and Two-Tone, and, um, and then, but, yeah, we were, like, a ska band, and, like, no one really, like, we were a good band, I think. A lot of people liked us, but, like... You guys are great. A lot of people in the scene, but the scene was just, like, very divided, mm. and there wasn't, like, this sense of community that there is right now. Um, I mean, yeah, most... Uh, it's definitely has a lot to do with, like, the internet and the social, like, social networking and just, like... Also, I feel like the, the the pandemic is just kind of given people uh, people are focusing on ska the ska scene as like a whole rather than their like their little community like where they're trying direct trying-ed. ska yeah. scene yeah like mm-hmm. they're like you know pre pandemic people would be like focusing on playing shows in their hometown and maybe like booking a tour here and there but like they're they're like worried about promoting their shows but like when there's no shows to promote then you just start doing stuff online. And, like, that's what we did a lot of during the pandemic is just, like, finding other ska bands. We knew a lot of people, but we also made, like, a bunch of friends just by, like, doing collaborations and just, like, you know, just trying all this different stuff and just, like, hyping each other up. And it's it's so cool because, like, it it never really seemed like that. Because I got into ska, like, right at the... Right when it, like, stopped being a thing. Like... So this it was probably like 2009 is when I joined my first ska band and like I feel like just a couple years before that it was definitely a lot it was still fizzling out but like we moved to Philly and like we were the only ska band and like people would come to see us because we would open for like the Slackers and but that was it because we were the only ska band. I mean that is kind of a cool advantage though of being like the only ska band so you have <laughs> yeah. every ska bill right? I mean yeah and that's the that's the same same thing we got with Cap right now like we're like. The only one of the only ska bands in the Philly area. There's a couple, um, just been up, uh, uh, bad ups. They're like from suburbs, they're like kind of a, like ska punky band. They're really cool. And then, other than that, there's like really not much at all, which sucks. But maybe there will be more. Now. Here's to maybe. hoping there'll be more. I think what I what I love the most about people who are involved in the ska scene is you see some of the like the the purest joy in mm-hmm. like making and like listening to music and people who like ska. It's oh yeah, just, like there's just so much like energy and just love of just being there in that moment. And yeah, I really respect that. No, yeah. it's it. That's like something what like that's really drawn us to like that's that's what like when we started Catbite. I had recently quit my old ska band because we were, like, kind of going in a weird direction that wasn't ska, and, like, Brit... I, was, I Brit, graduated. Yeah, Brit, like, um, I, like, got her into ska, basically, because she started, like, you know, she really liked my old band, and, like, I was, like, showing her all the cool shit that in the ska scene, and, like, going to shows and stuff, and, like, it, it, we just had so much fun at, like, every show. Like, even if it was, like, 
small local show and there was 20 people there there was always like two people there like in a fucking suit like skanking like for yes. fucking two hours straight and yes. then like like god damn you don't and having the best yeah. fucking time and like yeah there's like there's like a little bit of clickiness in the scene there's gotta be clicky, clickiness in every scene yeah. but like mm-hmm. In the Scott scene, it's just, it, you don't see, you, you never go to a show where every single person is standing there doing this. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. like, we, we went to a show, uh, um, a bunch of our friends were playing at Underground Arts um, a couple days ago, and all the bands are awesome. They're, like, a bunch of, like, cool, like, rock and roll bands and stuff, but, like, it was, like, night and day from our record release to their show. Like, it was packed, totally packed, yeah. but, like, yeah. everyone was just, like... And, like, people are having fun. But, like, when you're on stage playing, fuck it, playing your heart out, and you just see people going, you're just like, God, <laughs> like, like, it re- you it give really, me energy. It, re- it really is. Like, the crowd, like, hypes you up. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when you see them having a great time, even if they don't know your music, yeah. but they're just, like, they're into it. That really makes you want to give your all too, and mm-hmm. which makes I don't them know. give more. It's a, it's a feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. it's like back and forth. And right. it works the other way too. If the energy's bad, it just gets worse. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it just ma- yeah. So like, if you if you're like, I don't know, the ska scene is like it's it's always been like the 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 place that I feel like the most at home when I'm when I'm performing. Like, just feels so good. Yeah, it feels really good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, anything that makes these old rickety knees want to skank again, <laughs> uh, I'm here for. It. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, I, um, you know, I, I was, I wouldn't say really into ska in the early to mid two thousands, but like it was definitely part of my musical diet for sure. Um, and uh, I know it's not strictly a ska record, but like Rancid's and Outcome the Wolves. I think there was a summer that that's the only. Uh, record I listened to on repeat all summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I love about your record is that there's so many points where it feels like at any moment you could take a left turn right into that, uh, into an outcome, the wolves. Um, and I think the, the, the song that really mo- most gives me that vibe is, um, does it start with a C? I don't know. Does it creeping? Yes, that's the one. Thank you. <laughs> Creeping. That's Hell funny. yeah. That, that was going to be my guess, too. <laughs> yeah. I, that's I like, my favorite. the one I like. What's <laughs> that's, that's my favorite song on the record, I think. I think both of ours. Uh, I definitely really, really, really like that song. That's that, like, one. I mean, it was basically, I wrote that, like, because I've listened to An Outcome of the Wolves probably, like, 7,500 million times. And, right. like, yeah. it's, it's, like, an absolute, pr- like, Rancid is, like, such a huge like inspiration for like me songwriting like i don't know i just like it's just it's so fucking perfect like like every rancid song at least i don't know i don't really know the new rancid that much it's kind of a little yeah i kind of fell off the rancid train after like 2010 yeah but like those first songs their first couple albums it's just like two-tone punky the clash like it's just everything that like i'm influenced by like Rancid's wrapped influence. up in one. Yeah, just, like, wrapped in one. And, like, we're not, like, exclusively a ska punk band at all. Um, but, like, when like when I was writing that song, like, it's I had, like, very strong feelings about, like, the, the theme of that song and stuff. And I'm like, this needs to be, like... I was, like, basically when I wrote that song, I was like, I wanted this song to sound like something between Suicide Machines and Ranted, like, nice. Outcome the Wolves era. <laughs> Nailed it. And I'm like, like. I, don't, I don't give a fuck if I'm ripping them off. Like, that's that's <laughs> how I want this to sound. And 
That means a lot. I think it works. <laughs> I think that the that style of like ska um, fits really well with like because what like the song um, means. Um, so that song was. Tim wrote that song because we we went to a show once um, to see friends of ours, and they're they're super awesome uh, Philly like all female um, punk rock group and um, who are they? Shout them out! Oh, um, they're called Vixen Seventy Seven. They're really awesome, um, but they played this show and. Um, there was like this really, you know, weird dude there that weird dudes in general. Did there was like, I mean, their very, their very, fan base just got to a point where it was just creepy dudes pushing away to the front yeah, to like just they're, gawk they're all at them. Like really cute and, and yeah, and it, it just there was one dude there that made it like super uncomfortable for um, the lead singer and was like, like doing something in front. He was like right in front of her and like like. I guess like fondling himself or something, um, yeah, and uh, that and needs doing, to go. doing that the whole yeah. time, the whole time, and so and they always stay like after their shows, they always stay. They're also great and like they they hang out at the show and um, a couple of them left, including um, the the lead singer and. Um, yeah, understandably. I mean, yeah. Yeah, she was like crying. We saw her crying, and she yeah. like ran out. We didn't out know what happened. We didn't until... know. Yeah, we didn't know what happened because we just weren't at that angle and saw it. But, um, yeah. So that song is about that like situation. And that was how, all. Yeah. That was all like going on at the same time. Like the the whole uh, Burger Records thing was going on with like all the. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like basically like. No, I'm not. So uh, Burger Records is like a big like rock and roll. Uh, late uh, record company, and there's a bunch of these bands, all just like a bunch of white dudes playing rock and roll. There's some good bands on it, but like it's it's just kind of been, it's like a boys' party thing, and all like they just got exposed with like probably half of the lineup was just all these fucking dudes just like being like being total assholes. Oh, I and, do like, remember this. Yeah, yeah. This was about uh, like a year and a half ago, and basically mm-hmm. a bunch of people came forward at like this guy, like you know sexually assaulted me in a van in the van it was just like all this bullshit between all these bands just boys club shit it's like what happens on the tour stays on tour shit and it Fuck was that. being and you know swept under the rug by burger records and they continued yeah. to be able to do what they had been doing yeah like there was basically like pr for burger records like handling this shit for the past like 10 years and like sweeping all this shit under the rugs and it like finally like broke so it was just all this shit happening at once and it's just like i just remember like I was at this show that with the with the Vixen 77 show and I'm just like all drunk and like mad I'm like shit fucking pressure me off and I it just started funny. like writing the song like in my notes and then like we tried to yeah. write that song for so long and like I we literally I almost threw the song away and then like a week before we we uh went to LA we like sat down we're like let's write this song yeah. it needs to be on the record and then we wrote the whole thing in like an hour nice. <laughs> finally well, the That's rest awesome. of it. Well, the rest of the song, yeah. It was just like little ideas. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm super glad you didn't give up on it because it's me too. Definitely one of my favorite songs on the record. Thank yeah. you, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> well, Kitsy, that you made the reference to to Rancid because like in my head I'm like I'm associating this with something. 
but I couldn't couldn't make the placement, and it definitely has that that yeah. rancid vibe. Uh, and that's probably the only era that I listened to rancid at all was was during that that record. So that's that's why that stuck with me. Uh, but also, like, I just I I watch a shit ton of movies because of other shows that we put out, and uh, a lot of them will use tracks very much like this in some of the like the more like fun action sequences yeah. in my head like i associate this like this this goes in a movie somewhere right like this is in this i had that to see that movie that would be so awesome that'd be a dream come true. yeah wow trying to get those tv sinks yeah hell yeah <laughs> pay my rent <laughs> hell yeah well the the uh this is my clever segue here the uh, the album version of Creepin' is is awesome, but you also did a really good rendition of it on, on your Left of the Dial live session, which yeah. you recorded uh, shortly before the record came out. And we've been sitting on that since, and I'm happy to say that uh, today, the same day this podcast comes out, uh, that live session is now available as well on leftofthedial.fm. So if you like what you're hearing, uh, go, go there and check out the live session because it's, yeah. it's really good. It's so good. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. Um, the 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 crew, and by the crew, I mean mostly Kitsy and Andrea, were just absolutely <laughs> raving about how much fun that was, and I'm it so jealous so... every single I, time. I I I I hesitate to say this because I don't want anyone else to think their sessions weren't fun because they were all fun, but yours was the most fun that we've had. <laughs> I, like I swear to God, that was like the most pleasant like studio recording thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I always like because oh, I've you. done. I've done like like we've done like the the XPN key sessions and I've done like other stuff with like other bands and um I don't know I feel like every time I do like one of those I get like we get all dialed in and then we start and I like can't hear shit and I'm just like in my head the whole time I'm like ah and, like trying to like work the headphones and then I end up turning everything too loud and I'm like I don't know. It just there was just something about it like yeah it was a really good experience. I've just felt like very chill. I said, like, didn't feel rushed, which was nice. I feel like every time I've done one of those things, it's like, all right, set up, sound check, all right, go. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, ah. Yeah, we got the. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that y'all had a, a good experience because that's really what we're going for. And, yeah. you know, we, we try to build in because, like, we don't want to be rushed either, right? Like, we want to make sure if there's an issue, like, whether it be an audio issue or, like, a lighting issue or camera issue, like, we want to make sure we have time to get it right because what we don't want to do is is, you know, have some technical issue make the session bad. Exactly. Um, especially yeah. when we are perfectly capable of fixing it. So mm-hmm. um, we, you know, we try to build in some extra downtime for, for those things and, and whatnot. And I think it just, it helps too, that you get to like kind of chill out before it's time to play and like get your head in the right space. Yeah. And, uh, the so. o- o- my only thing that I didn't like about it is I forgot to grab a Dr. Pepper from the fridge. I was going to say, you guys, snack game is off I, the like, I was like, I, I, <laughs> oh my God. I went in and I'm like looking at your, uh, like green room. So I'm like, this snacks. is amazing. I'm not gonna eat anything now. I'm gonna eat it after the session. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab some snacks. I'm gonna grab some Dr Pepper, and then I just forgot. And then on the way home, I'm like, fuck. No. I did not grab a Dr Pepper, and that's the only thing I didn't like about it. But that's not your fault. That's my <laughs> fault. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but well, I just grabbed a Dr Pepper at the store the other day, so we're good. Somebody so get good. Tim a Dr Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll send you're welcome to come back and drink a Dr Pepper in my studio anytime you want. We're going to go ahead and listen to Creepin' off of the new Catbite album, Nice One. Take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll keep talking about more songs from the record, so don't go anywhere. Or, I mean, you can go somewhere. That's how podcasts work. Take them with you. 
Just keep but your keep listening in. to podcasts. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No. Well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four.
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Caleb is still unincorporated. Hi. <laughs> and we are still talking with Tim and Britt from Catbite. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for, for sticking with us through the break. Yeah, I mean, could it, you had the chance to just get up and leave, and you didn't. And, and we, we appreciate still that. Here. We're still, still here. here. We're still here. We appreciate you hanging in with us. Oh, uh, yeah. So the song we just heard coming back from the break uh, is a little bit of a, a, a slower one, and that's uh, the song Stay. So this song, I think, is definitely um, different from, I think, any, any other song that we've really kind of written. Um, I mean... It's just it's slower and it's got it's more of a traditional reggae um, song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this, so this song this is the only song on the record that uh, our bass player Ben he actually wrote this song. Oh, um, so he he came like when we were writing the record we were like like I mentioned before we gave ourselves like two fucking months to write the record so we're like all right anyone anyone give us ideas anything anything I was like you know we were reaching into old songs we've written and stuff and Ben was like. Well, I have this song I wrote a couple years ago, and so he sent us, uh, it was like, it was just him singing and an acoustic guitar. Um, it was, re- it's really beautiful, It's really actually. pretty fucking song, but, uh, And he had, he had, like, um, so he sent that over, and he had, like, lyrics and melody already written and, you know, set to it, um... They just didn't make sense for Catbite, Well, so. yeah, and, like, I was like, well, it would be great to, like incorporate um you know any of these lyrics that ben wrote because it really was a beautiful song um it was, called, ca- it was called marlo pam and me yeah okay was, right uh, so a very different title yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so <laughs> um he didn't really give me like any background about what that song was about i think it was just something that he just like wrote um but so I we kind of like I, I stripped the the lyrics and melody from it and just had like the acoustic arrangement um, and then I this was like at um, this was like the beginning of the pandemic and um, I had just started going back to work doing um, delivery um, for my job which I work at a like a restaurant and bar. Um, and we never did delivery before, but then, you know, obviously we, Kinda we started doing now, delivery. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was I was a bike deliverer, and um, I when I didn't have anything to do, I was like, we got we to, gotta, like, get songs for this album. Like, I got to be writing. So mm-hmm. I would just sit there and write, and I wrote this uh, just one day when I was at work. Um, and I think it kind of plays off of, like, how not your baby is right before and not your baby is kind of more like um it's definitely like a breakup song kind of thing where you're like i'm over this i'm over you this person but you still feel like really feel uh, (laughs) (laughs) um still are harboring like a lot of feelings toward it whereas stay is more like a like wash my hands of you kind of breakup song like don't really have those feelings that I did for you, um, this is like the final, the final line. Um, but um, yeah, so it's 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 definitely different from how it originally started out. But um, it's I, this is also one of my favorite songs on the yeah. on the record. I think this song is also like definitely had the most transformations. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the songs are like pretty similar to like how we wrote them. Like they're like 
Like most of the songwriting is like me and Britt do like a skeleton song with like bas- like a basic arrangement. And then, like, once we bring it to the band, we kind of, like, fuck around and, like, choose, see how it's actually going to sound and do a couple tweaks. But, like, stay. We, like, we were so stuck on this song for, like, like, every time we would have a band, we we would practice, we practice, like, once a week. Um, Like, every time we would write something new, I would make, like, a demo on GarageBand where it's just, like, guitar, fake drums, and vocals, and just, like, send it to everyone and everyone listen to it and then we'll come in on Sunday to practice it and we just like run it run the new song a couple times and this one like we run it every week for probably like four four or five weeks every time it was like it doesn't work like like it's such like it's it's there but it's not there and like yeah. that was like I don't know. I was like I was very iffy about this song like it's so it has so much fucking potential but like it's just not a song yet and we just kept trying and like we were also like bouncing ideas with our producer um Davey like we would we would send him like um just like we would do demos like even if it's just like a phone recording of the and like bounce it to him and he would have all these like feedback and stuff and um then yeah finally like he really helped us like be able to round out that song yeah. into a song. So yeah, he definitely Thank saved. You, the, he definitely saved the day on that one. Basically, it didn't have a chorus, and that was the issue. Because mm. like, so when I write songs, it's it's pretty simple with like chord product, chord uh, progressions, and like you know, it's kind of just that's I follow like the rancid formula, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, chorus, some shit like that. You know, and it's like simple. But this song, it was like. It was just fucking just, like all this shit because like Ben is like Ben our oh jeez our bass player is just like he's uh, very musically talented he's very musically talented <laughs> and he loves a good like key change in the middle of a fucking yeah. verse and then back and like you know he he does some crazy shit I have no formal training at all I'm just like this sounds cool let's do it all right um and so like it was hard. Like he's he he's like the opposite of like a pop songwriter. Mm-hmm. So he he came in and it was like there was no chorus. It was just basically like a long song. Yeah. That was pretty as shit. It's just there there was no hook, there was nothing and like uh but yeah, like our producer Davey was just like, You need a fucking chorus and we're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and basically he just like he sent us a voice memo memo one day. He's like, just something simple like say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna and we're like yeah. Duh. No, no fucking shit. Obviously, what the fuck are we... Yeah, and then, like... And then, um, like, we, we basically finally, like, wrote the arrangement while we were in the studio. That was, like, we didn't... We still didn't have anything. We were in L.A., and we're, like... It's, well... It's all there. I just don't know how it's gonna fit. And then we, we probably spent... Because we spent the first three days in L.A. just tracking drums and arra- and making every arrangement perfect. Because that's, mm-hmm. like, basically, once the drums are done, that's that's the way the arrangements are going to be. So we had yeah. to make sure everything was perfect. And we were just p- practice- playing along with scratch vocals, guitar and bass. Yeah. And because we, we don't... We don't like to, like, punch in drums. Like, it, it, just, it just seems way more natural for us to just... I mean, Chris is our drummer is so phenomenal. Like he, yeah. um, he can do perfect takes. But it was mostly us like finding <laughs> the goddamn arrangements of these songs, and we spent like three days on it. But we probably spent five hours 
on the arrangement of stay. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were all very aggressive towards each other by the end of it. But, like, it, like... I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, we're also, we're not used, we're not at all used to working with with a producer. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. we, um, our first record, we, it was basically just, you know, me, me and Britt kind of just led the team. That's the, that's the difference with this record. This, this record, all four of us and the band had, like, very equal say with every song. Mm-hmm. And then our producer, Davey, also had the exact same amount of say with each song. Like, we, it was just, like, five-person collaborative. Whereas the first yeah. record, it was, like, me and Britt. Kind of just wrote the songs, told Chris and then our old bass player um, Johnny, uh, just like what to play, and that's kind of what the first record turned out to be. So this, this one, it was just a lot of butting heads between the four of us and Davey, our producer, and but then everything turned out yeah as, perfectly as <laughs> hard as it can be to to relinquish any kind of control. Sometimes that outside voice is like the best part of having a producer or even just. Even someone who isn't necessarily there to be a producer, but is engineering the, you know, running the board for you, and they hear things that that you don't, or oh, like, absolutely, they hear things that they wish they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's like the yeah. main reason we wanted to work with Davey. Um, He's a great songwriter, amazing songwriter, amazing vocalist, mm-hmm. um, and like he writes. He he doesn't do ska. Like that's the thing we wanted to go outside of ska. Like um, that's always kind of been a thing. Like I've done with my like recording projects is like I like working with producers that uh, are not like in the specific genre that we're in and it kind of helps us bring it to a wider audience because they're listening to other stuff like he listens to Ska and likes Ska but like his first band was like a pop rock band um, called Beat Union they're out of the UK and they're like it's just like super poppy like Kind of like Green Day-ish, soul-ish, rock and roll-ish kind of thing. And then, like, he was in, like, this uh, mod, like, rock and roll, like, Elvis Costello-y, the jam-type band. Um, Nice. So he's got kind of, like, this cool outsider um, perspective with an amazing ear for, like, you know, what's going to be accessible to people outside of just ska. And, like, that's why we want to work with him, and, like, that's why we have zero regrets with doing that. Hell yeah. Well, speaking of Elvis Costello, you all do a, oh. an amazing cover of uh, Elvis Costello's uh, Sneaky Feelings. And uh, I, I don't really have any questions about that. I just want to say that. <laughs> thank you for doing it, because it's awesome. <laughs> thank you. No, I mean, like, at least for me personally, like, Elvis Costello is probably top three inspirations um for when i I write anything um i would literally like for the past like few years every show that i would have to play i would hype myself up by watching like elvis costello live 1978 (laughs) videos just like uh, god like so much energy like just like the i don't know like his songwriting is amazing he's not like an amazing singer um, I don't it's, know, I, it's he's very it's he's a confident performer. He's a confident mm. performer and like just like his his live show is definitely like I would I would send the band like live videos nonstop like at the beginning of Catbite like check out this like look how he transitions this song and this song does like yeah. a like a three minute <laughs> weird interlude in the middle of this song and like like I don't know he he's such an inspiration to me um, even though I heard he's not the greatest person. 
Oh, really? I heard he's kind of a dick, but mm. I mean, that's coming like from his bands that he's like his yeah. backing bands. So yeah. I could yeah. see that, like if it's like his, you know, his baby. Yeah. But you know, that's kind of. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll just never meet him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got time to do two more songs. All right, yes. lipstick lines. Lines. I wrote this song um, pretty much in its entirety, except for the ending, a uh, couple years ago, um, and never ever anticipated that it would be a Catbite song. And like from the beginning of it, you can definitely tell it's not supposed to be a Catbite song because it's not ska at all. Um, it's very different from. It's very the different, yes. but like it still fits <laughs> mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. Um, so it was just it was like a really shitty part of my time in my life I was like I was playing in this this old band the snails uh, which was like my high school band and we I was in that band for like nine years and like I, I was ne- I've never like really considered myself a great musician and stuff and I was always kind of just like the like the rhythm guitarist and like the manager guy of the band and like never had much input on the songwriting and stuff but like so it was kind of like this weird abusive relationship with the band mm-hmm. where I just kind of felt like I'm doing everything, and I'm just the guy in the corner playing rhythm guitar. Never got to play a solo. <laughs> but, um, so it was, like, towards the tail end of me, me being in that band, and I, like, wanted to quit the band, but, like, I was like, this is my only chance to make music, because this band rips. Uh, like, I never really anticipated, like, being able to, like, start a new band that would rip even harder, which we did. Hell yeah. And, yeah here you are. <laughs> here we are. Uh, but, yeah, I was also, like, 
I was like taking like a shit ton of like Adderall and stuff and like it was just like I was basically like playing so many shows and like working so much and never sleeping and just like super like out of my mind at the time and also I was like really into this band Fiddler which is a cool rock and roll band mm-hmm. and I was like at work one day uh, I would like drive this Sprinter van around at like 6am and I was like delirious like I like played a show probably the night before and like got in at like 4 and was like working at 6 and like I was listening to this band Fiddler a bunch and I like turned it off and like I was just like you know I, I worked for like the bike share in Philadelphia the Indigo oh, okay. so like so I like move, I was like moving the bikes around and the like melody for the chorus just like literally just came out of nowhere in my head and like all right cool I got a song and then I just like got in the back of the truck and just like pretty much re- recorded like the f- whole first verse and the chorus just like like into a voice memo and then like went home from work that day and just like went up to my computer and like just basically sat in front of the computer for like four hours straight and just recorded the entire song just out of nowhere just like about I don't know I didn't even really know what the lyrics were about until recently when I did an interview and I was like talking about it and I'm like oh shit that was about me being like wanting to leave this shit like and like losing my I'm like oh fuck (laughs) it's actually pretty funny um but yeah like it's it's a cool song I like it because there's no like chorus in the song, which is like you gotta have a chorus. I know, like yeah. I, I like you I don't you learn that already? You don't. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I when I write songs, I write the chorus first, and there's not really a chorus in the song at all. Uh, this this maybe, was one. Maybe the whole song is the chorus. The whole I guess. song oh. is one. I mean, at, at the end now, like you know, when uh, it's not really a chorus. It's just you yelling lipstick lines. Yeah, but that, like that counts. It can yeah. be. Yeah, it can be. But it can be considered. It's like. Different. That's why, like, yeah, I, I this, didn't want to. This one was like one that Tim, Davey Tim didn't... was like. Davy was like, we can, this isn't going to be a song. Like, this is not going to be on the record. And, yeah. and Tim was like, it's so fucking good. Tim was like, I'm putting my foot down. Yeah. This is me putting my foot down. He kept trying to write choruses for us and stick them in there. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. This is my <laughs> song. And like, I, I just kept saying like, um, like the Clash song, "Stay Free," um, which is like one of my favorite all-time Clash songs for some reason like Mick, like I'm which is weird because like Joe Strummer is my idol and I love choruses but this is the song like a song that Mick Jones sings and there isn't a fucking chorus in the song it, it's literally just a story and then it ends with a guitar solo and it's like but it's like also one of my favorite Clash songs of all time and I'm just like yelling at Davey I'm like this is my stay free this is my stay free <laughs> we're keeping on the record and then like he like finally get like, it was funny cause like when we were writing like doing drums and arrangements for like all these songs in the studio like like I mentioned it took like three days to do all that this song it took us like 15 minutes cause he was like alright whatever I don't give a shit like cause like he wanted everything everything to do with every other song but he like um, I yelled at him so much, like, we're keeping it, there's no chorus, this is how it's gonna go, and he's like, alright, fine, and, like, literally tracked this whole thing, like, 15 fucking minutes, like, mm-hmm. two takes. <laughs> nice. But, it's, it's, a, it's a fun song. I think it was, I think that was, like, the right moment to be like, we're, we gotta put our foot down for this specific song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes sense because, like, you know, sometimes like you know, that that external input is is very welcome and it helps grow the song. But sometimes it's just like you, this is this is the vision. This is the song. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Like, I think it that was just like this. The vision was so there for you that like, and I uh, like, I I trusted like Tim. Tim's vision with it, you know, so I was like, if he really thinks, like, there d- doesn't need to be an added chorus in there, then um, I agree. Yeah. Well, I just remember, like, when we were, like, scrambling for songs, I was, like, digging into, like, because there's a couple of these songs on the record, which are, like, uh, like pieces of songs that I, like, demoed years ago, um, and this is one that, like, I was just like, maybe, maybe. this will work? I was like, there's no way this is going to be a cat bite song, because most of them you can turn into, like, ska and, like, you know, fuck around with like excuse me miss that was another song i wrote a long time ago that we changed and it, it sounds like a cat bite song but this one i was like we were like running out of time i'm like eh? and then i like showed it for brit and chris like one night we were just like hanging out kind of like brainstorming stuff and they're like yeah what's yeah it's a fun yeah, song it's a fun song like it was just like yeah. me like demoed it like fucking five years ago or something like that and, like, it's pretty much exactly the same. But then I'm like, how about we just make the ending just fucking scotch? The shit? ending riffs. Like, four, uh, yeah. four, like four-part horn section. Like, Absolute just out of nowhere. ripping saxophone yeah, solo. That's, yeah. um, Jesus Christ. That's so that's, good. <laughs> that's um, uh, Food. Uh, Matt Ellis. He goes by Food. But uh, Matt Ellis from the band Kill Lincoln. Uh, phenomenal Ridiculous. saxophone player. Um, I was like... When I hit him up about doing it, I'm like, do you listen to the band The Sonics? Because I want you to do it like a The Sonics uh, saxophone solo. And this was like the first thing he sent me back. And I was like... So good. I (laughs) fell over. Like, this is exactly what I wanted. Because like the original demo had like a a guitar solo there. And I like sent him what I had on the guitar solo. I'm like, kind of do this, but like do something. uh, Yeah, he killed it. Perfect. Like... It it would have worked as a guitar solo, but the fact that it's saxophone instead just makes it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how do I make this song that's not ska at all? Just in, just do a fucking reversal midway in the song and become the most ska song on the record. <laughs> and what did that? And, yeah. It's a cool song. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, we've got one more to talk about, but before we do, do y'all have anything you want to plug? Any upcoming shows or any plans? Any... Uh... And um, more people to know about? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a handful of stuff, uh, shows coming up this fall. Um, fingers crossed that they'll happen. Um, get vaccinated, wear your goddamn mask if you... Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we're... Yeah, just catbite.net. It's got all of, the, all of our upcoming shows on there. It's going to be busy. Busy, busy. Awesome. Well, and of course, uh, your Left of the Dial live session comes out today as well. So head over to leftofthedial.fm to check that out. It's so good. I just, it's so good. <laughs> I can't so wait to fun. watch it. I, 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 I've watched a few times. And by a few times, I mean a, a lot of times. It's, so good. <laughs> it's just Yay. so good. Yeah, um, they talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I, I've been wanting to release this one for, for like, since you did it. I'm just like, I, I can't believe this is the one I have to sit on. Like, come on. Aww. Shit. I'm so excited. So, oh, I'm, I'm glad. It's, uh, I'm very happy with how it turned out. I think, I hope you are too. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, just like when we were in the studio, like just hearing it back, I was like, what the fuck? This yeah, just happened live? So, like, you didn't do anything to this? so good. I mean, I did a lot of things to it, but. Well, yeah, but not yeah. like, you didn't do anything post or anything. I was just like, like, you did all yeah yeah you know what i mean i know what you mean (laughs) 
Cool. Well, <laughs> the the last song here that we're gonna talk about is uh, "Excuse Me, Miss," which is uh, another one of my favorites from the record for sure. Mine too. So, the, like I mentioned before, this is one that I started a long time ago. Um, I had this like weird like little period of time where like I so I didn't I didn't write songs for like the I started learn I learned how to play guitar when I was eighteen. And joined this band, The Snails, and literally never wrote a song or learned other songs. I just learned the songs for this band. That was it. Like, I would learn oh, wow. a song. All right. And that was it. Like, I, I literally didn't give a fuck about guitar or writing music. I just wanted to play shows. And it was, like, a really weird approach <laughs> for sure. But also, it's just because, like, I felt like I was just, like, a hired gun. Like, I was, like, I don't know. I had no room for creativity in the band. It was, like, yeah. the, the lead guitar player... And the singer, he showed me what to play, and I would play it, and I would play it perfectly. But like that—that's all I did. Like I didn't—I didn't go above and beyond. And then it took like maybe like six years of me doing that before I like actually started writing songs. Um, and then I just like wrote a fuck ton of songs just out of nowhere, but then just didn't show anyone because I was just had super low self-esteem with it. Like I'm just like you know, uh, what, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, uh, this is one of the songs that, like, one of the first songs I wrote, um, excuse me, Miss, like, I wrote pretty much, it, it was definitely very different. Um, it sounded like uh, Modern Baseball, like that band Modern okay, Baseball, okay. like, like a super, like, emo. Yeah, like there, it was very different. I had, there was, like, a low, like, monotone, like, vocal, and then, like, a screamy hardcore vocal, like, layered behind it, like, for the whole song, and then it had, like, a two-minute-long bridge where it, like... Oh, my god. That gosh, bridge was actually right. fucking tight, and I... Was there a breakdown? There was no breakdown. It was Aww. just, like, you know... Right, yeah, it needs the breakdown. It, well, the, well the, the bridge was, like, it was literally, like, two minutes long, like, this cool... It, was like, just started, it was just, like, everything dropped down, it was just guitar, and then all that. these, like, layers started coming, and it goes, like, so fucking heavy, and then it stops, and the chorus out, whatever. But, um... I'm having a really hard time envisioning that out of the song yeah. that I know. <laughs> yeah. oh, it, was, it was totally different. Everything was different except for the, the chorus and, like, the melody of the chorus. Um, that's pretty much the same, except Brit sings it, like, a million times better than my recordings. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was just, like... Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really... I was just kind of, like, bummed about everyone and everything when I wrote it. And just, like, I just kind of felt like... It was in that dark period, which is which I got a lot of songs out of. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, feeling like, you know, unimportant. But then like when we started writing the song, or when I brought it to Catbite, or basically to Brit, like we kind of just like reimagined the song and like completely rewrote the lyrics. It's a good song. Yeah. It's a fun song. It's, it's a very song. fun song. I yeah. love so much the, the way the, the bass and the organ. I mean, across the whole record, but, like, I feel like there's parts of this song in particular where they just, like, just, I, I feel it. Uh, yeah. The, my, one of my favorite doo -doo 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 -doo. parts is the, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. the bass line <laughs> in, like, that, like, uh, I guess, like, the bridge, like. Yeah, where, where, where Ben and I, like, he's playing... Like a the, counter melody he, with what you're singing. Kind no, of. he's playing what we're he's playing, and I'm singing the exact same thing, pretty much. Um, but it's like it's it's like basically just vocals and bass at that yeah. point. It's it, so the, pretty. Are you talking about the, so the like I said I don't want to know, but all I want to do is know part. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that part. It's, it's so, so good. Cr yeah, yeah. It's such a great line too. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the only line that's 
that I wrote that's still in the song. <laughs> from the verse, right? Yeah, a lot of it's different, but yeah. that was that was one of the original lyrics. Yeah, it was, like, so different. I, it's even hard to, like, it, like when I, like, listen to them both next to each other, it's like, no, it's not the same song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was just funny, because, like, that was definitely also... That and Lipstick Lines were, like... I, like, was very super hesitant to bring to, to everyone... Because I was, like, also, like, self-conscious about it because I don't like sure. showing my music unless I know it's, like, ready. Mm-hmm. Like, when I make a demo, I do, like, about 700 demos before I'll show anyone. I, and it's just me on fucking GarageBand. Yeah. But, like, I'll wait till, like, Brit's at work. Like, I'll close all the windows. <laughs> like, you know. Gotta be done in secret. Get the, get the dog out of the room. Like, you know. <laughs> Damn, even the and, dog doesn't get to hear. That's, that's hard. Yeah. I've, I mean, yeah. I've gotten a lot better now, but, like, when I first started writing music, it's, I would. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Super it's self-conscious. It's really scary. It's a scary yeah. thing. Yeah. So you're, be, you're letting yourself be super vulnerable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially and, if it's, like, not ready and you're, like, trying different things and, like, trying and to come up with a melody. You know, you're, you're putting it out for other people to say whether they like it or not. And yeah. that's, like, a lot. That's a lot to take on. Yeah. You know? But, that, but I, yeah, I showed you guys. And you're like, oh, shit, it's cool. And then we sent it to Davey, our producer. I just, like, sent him a... We, me and Britt just, like, sat down one day after I showed her, and she's like, yeah, oh, oh, we're, we're going to do this song. And then we sat down and just, like, redid the lyrics and made it more of a capitalist song. We sent it to Davey, and, like, two minutes later, all caps, this is the radio single. It's a banger. Like, oh I was just, like, I yeah, felt so good mind. about it. I was like, thank God. <laughs> I was just, like, super... <laughs> In my head about it, but yeah. So, reach for the stars, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Your new record just came out. It's on Bad Time Records. It's available now everywhere you can get records. Uh, first pressing sold out, but I believe there's a pre-order going now for the second pressing. There yes. is. There's a really cool, like, blue splatter one that I really want. I'm going to so, make so sure I get So what you're saying is I have to buy more copies of your record now is, is basically what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, at least that one. It's it's probably... It does look it's really It's honestly cool. probably my favorite variant. <laughs> it's cooler than the first pressing. Which all, the cool, <laughs> all the first pressings were really cool. Yeah. This this one is, is real cool. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll track down the link for that and put it in the show notes, I'm sure. Yeah. So you can check that out. And, of course, once again, your, your Left of the Dial live session is available today at leftofthedial.fm. So go check that out. Uh, we're going to go out on Excuse Me Miss off of the album Nice One by Catbite. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you all again. Yeah. Thank, thank you so yeah, much for Thank you so us. much. You're so welcome. This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Excuse me, miss, but after this kiss, where do I fall upon you? I